This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. At five minutes after five o'clock on a frigid start to a Thursday morning, we've got the snow, and now here comes the bitterly cold weather. I'm Pam Yonke. Come on in, everybody. We've got uh, a lot of different things to talk about this morning, including the weather. So for today, the winds are going to start to pick up out of the northwest, 15 gusting to 25 miles an hour. Wind chills are going to become a part of your future real quick around Wisconsin. Daytime highs today, no better than 16 degrees. When you factor in those wind chills, will easily go from 5 to 5 below as the day wears on. Mostly cloudy skies on the way today. Maybe a chance of flurries here or there. Tonight, minus 13 overnight when you factor in the wind chills will be minus 20 to minus 35. So you definitely need to make sure that those animals that are going to be outside exposed to the elements are taken care of today. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, with weather details in about 15 minutes. Yesterday, Edge Dairy Cooperative, along with the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin and the Wisconsin Cheesemakers, revealed some very interesting findings from a consumer survey they conducted. Consumers are confused when they go to the grocery store and see plant-based products that mimic cheese. They believe one thing about that product when in reality science tells us something else. We'll tell you about that study after 5.30. And of course, Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, joining us before 6. This is Ty Gaffney. I would like to invite you to my family's Angus Bull Sale on February 2nd in Partyville, Wisconsin. We are selling our best black Angus Bulls. They rank in the top 15% for birth weight, weaning weight, and dollar beef. The sale starts at 2 p.m. at the Brenneman Bull Barn. Look us up online. The Gaffney and Lynn's families are looking forward to seeing you on Saturday, February 2nd in Partyville. Hey, they're talking about the growing season of 2019, and it's not corn and beans this time around. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Yeah, our Wisconsin uh, vegetable growers and fruit producers are all getting together in Wisconsin Dells. They're focused in to a large extent on food safety and some of the new monitoring that's going to be going on through the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection. It's not just something that impacts the packages, Bob. It impacts what happens out in our fields, whether you're growing pumpkins, berries, or apples. And apples was the topic recently, Pam. Bob Bosol here at the northern end of the world's longest barn in La Crosse as the Minnesota apple growers hold their meeting every year in Wisconsin in La Crosse. They say they like the facility and it gets a good crowd, so they keep coming. And, of course, uh, Minnesota, University of Minnesota has apple breeding programs that the University of Wisconsin does not have anymore. University of Minnesota researchers, some of the leading apple researchers and fruit researchers in the country. Our Scott Schultz had a chance recently at that meeting to talk to Dr. David Bedford, who is a senior research fellow for fruit breeding at the University of Minnesota. Scott talked to him about the crop for 2018. What kind of new varieties might we be expecting in the next year and in the coming years? Well, we've got a number of things uh, in the pipeline. Uh, first, just a little history. Our breeding program began 110 years ago. So it was all about breeding fruit varieties that could live in the cold climate that we're all in. And, in fact, most of the varieties that you see in grocery stores, of apples at least, really can't grow in our climate. So we started back then with the idea of developing things that could live at 20 below, 30 below, even colder sometimes. 
and we've come up with uh, over a hundred and I think we're up to 105 different varieties of fruit that uh, will live in this climate. But when we talk about apples specifically, uh, that's been probably our biggest breeding program. And we have 27 different varieties now that are out that uh, are quite well suited to our climate. Now, some of those came back, came out in the early 1900s, and we've moved on from them. Uh, but uh, I guess probably our most well-known in the recent decade or so has been Honeycrisp. And that really has uh, helped to uh, kind of boost the local uh, growers' uh, offerings. I guess it turns out that a lot of people like Honeycrisp, so it's been a, a great success. And since then, we've introduced a few varieties that are actually offsprings of Honeycrisp. So we're using it heavily in our breeding program. Uh, probably the best-known one that's come out uh, a few years ago was Sweet Tango. And that has that crisp uh, texture of the Honeycrisp, but a little more sweet and tangy flavor. So a little more complex, and that's always what we're looking for, is to keep that good texture uh, while kind of giving more flavor choices. So we've got lots more in the pipeline. We have one that just came out recently last year. And again, these things take us... Um, usually 20 to 30 years to develop them. So it's not an overnight process, um, but uh, once we get one and get it into the market, then it often takes another 10 to 15 years before it catches on. So it's a slow process. And, uh, for example, Honeycrisp, which most of us think of like, oh, that's a pretty new variety. We actually did that breeding over 50 years ago. So it's, uh, it's a perfect job for the university because we have continuity. And uh, I've been here 40 years, and when I leave, I'll hand it over to somebody else who will carry it on. But at any rate, um, yeah, in terms of what, uh, what, what have we done lately, what are we doing lately, uh, we have a new variety that we've decided, a new apple variety that we've decided to release just recently. Now that means the process will get started in the next year or so. It'll probably be another two to three years before we'll have trees available and then maybe another three or four years before you'll see fruit on the market. But uh, at least we've pulled the trigger on the next one. It just has a number now. It's just part under a test number, so we'll have to come up with a good name. And by the way, that takes a little work, too. It's, uh, I uh, always say it's a lot harder than naming a kid because nobody's looking over your shoulder when you name a kid. But uh, when we come up with a name variety, we have to register it. There's certain trademark standards that have to be looked at and tested. So, uh, But that's the small part of the job. The, the 20 years before that, that's the, uh, that's the hard part. And in fact, for every variety that we release, there's 10,000 trees, 10,000 other selections, uh, breeding selections that we've bred that don't make it. So it's a 1 in 10,000 shot and 20 years. We've, we've narrowed that down to about 20 years. Honeycrisp was 30 years to run through its cycle, but we've gotten a little more efficient. So now we're looking at about 20 years and 1 in 10,000. So most of my job when during the apple season involves tasting apples that aren't that good. And uh, I have to taste five to 600 a day in the busy time of the year. Uh, and only one half of 1% of those get selected for further testing. And in fact, those one half of 1% 
mostly get thrown away. So, like I say, in the end, it's one in 10,000. So, uh, it's, I guess you could call it a difficult birth, but uh, once we get one, it's worth it. And so, we've identified this next one, and the strength of this one is it is a honey crisp offspring, so it gets some of that nice texture. But this one has double resistance against one of the main diseases that we have in apples called apple scab. And so people that uh, plant trees in their backyard will often get some scab on their fruit. And, and scab uh, looks just like what it sounds like, basically. It's kind of a little rough surface on the fruit. And it can be pretty unsightly for uh, trees that aren't sprayed. Now, in commercial settings, we spray for those. But we're always trying to solve some of these problems genetically. And this one, we've actually found uh, two genetic sources of scab control. So we think that one's going to have... Uh, especially be nice for people that want to plant some of these in their backyard and don't have to spray as much. So uh, we'll get that out in, in a couple years, two to three years probably, those trees will start becoming available. We'll have a name for it by then. So maybe next time we talk, I can tell you more <laughs> about the name of the baby and uh, when it will be out and about. But uh, that's what we're looking at for right now. And it's not just apples that you guys are doing. Uh, you, you have other fruit that's coming down the fruit line, so to speak. Yes, that's correct. Uh, we have about 15 different types of fruit that we bred over the years. Uh, now, some of those we're not so active in, but that would include strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, apples, pears, cherries, uh, gooseberries. I'm, I'm, I'm probably forgetting the other half of them, but uh, yeah, we, we do keep uh, our fingers going in, in, in those other groups. And actually now we have identified uh, a release that we're going to have for a pear tree soon. So this is kind of a unique pear. Uh, you know, first of all, pears uh, don't grow that commonly up in our cold climate, but we've selected a few over the years that have done fine. But this one that we're going to be releasing is a hybrid between Asian pears and the normal European pears. And what Asian pears bring to the table is a very crisp texture. It's almost like an apple. In fact, when some people see them, they call them apple pears, even though they're not related to apples. They just have a bit of that, that texture. And... Uh, the problem is that those Asian pears generally aren't hardy enough, winter hardy enough for our climate. So we've crossed that with the hardy pears we do have, and we found one we think is good enough, so that will go into the same cycle. It'll get propagated hopefully in two to three to four years. Uh, that will come out. We'll have to come up with a name for that one as well. And um, then we'll have something that you can plant in your backyard and have really a unique piece of fruit, I think, that uh, you wouldn't see just every day. Tell me if you would, uh, you know, intellectual property is a big thing with in every uh, university, uh, in public releases, that kind of stuff. Um, how does somebody get their hands on um, some of the property, the intellectual property, the trees, I guess I'm trying to say, if you, uh, for the new varieties that you have coming out, I, yeah. I mean, the, these aren't, uh, like you said, they take 30 years to develop, and that's a pretty valuable uh, thing to ha have as intellectually, uh, intellectual property-wise. Yeah. How, how do you get involved in the program and get your hands on some of these new varieties? 
Yeah, well, that's a good point. Uh, and, and, of course, what's happened over the last 20 years is that we do have to protect those varieties. So now all the varieties we release are patented. So that's the first method of control that's quite important. Uh, as, as you say, we have a lot of time and effort in these things. So we have to protect them so that uh, they don't just get, well propagated incorrectly, and so on and so forth. But what we do is we license uh, nurseries to propagate these for us. And so we give the permission to do that, um, and then those nurseries can in turn sell those trees to the public. So once you see it, I mean, most of these will go to local garden centers and whatnot eventually, uh, or some of them can be mail order and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, once we've licensed that company, then it's legal for you to buy that. What it's not legal to do, and not that most people would want to, uh, is you can't propagate those trees yourself. Um, So you can't buy one tree and then graft them and make 50 trees. Uh, We let the nurseries do that, but they pay us for that right. And this is really how we sustain the program, by having that patent, the licenses, the licensed nurseries then pay us so much for each tree, 50 cents or something like that and uh, but that's how the whole system works so all right that's david bedford senior research fellow at the university of minnesota's horticulture research center i'm scott schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn this is the farm report with pam yonke It's kind of intimidating when your dad is one of the most famous jewelers in America. And you're supposed to follow in his footsteps. Yeah, and those are some big footsteps. How old were you when you came to work at Kessler's? Well, I started handing out balloons to customers when I was six. Wow. Dad was on the radio 52 weeks a year for more than 25 years. I'm talking to Monica Kessler of Kessler's Diamonds. He gave me and the other owners a gigantic opportunity. The other owners? Kessler's is 100% employee-owned. I'm just one of several dozen owners. So when I walk into Kessler's, I'm greeted by an owner? Every time. So what's your earliest memory of a Kessler's radio ad? In the beginning, Dad would end every ad by saying, I'm Richard Kessler, and I want to be your jeweler. What's he doing now? Playing golf, mostly. Is there anything you'd like to say before we go? Yes. I'm Monica Kessler, and I want to be your jeweler. Along with a few dozen other wonderful people hand-selected by my father. Welcome to Kessler's. Hi, Mark Ganser here. Ganser has the answer. Trusted in the Madison area for over eight decades, let us show you why. We only carry Infinity fiberglass windows from Marvin, windows that can endure our Wisconsin weather, not vinyl. Mark, you mean the plastic windows with the wood grain stickers? Yes, Stacy. vinyl windows will jam, warp, crack, and fade over time. Ganser Company offers free in-home estimates. Ask about our financing options today. Visit our website at gansercompany.com or stop by the showroom off the Beltline near Todd Drive. Are you looking to remodel your bathroom? Don't want it to go on forever? If you hate cleaning your shower or bath, look no further than Bath Planet from Ganser. The only bath system backed by the good housekeeping seal of approval. Baths redone in only a few days. Schedule your free in-home consultation now or step into a beautiful showroom on the Beltline. Let our designers design the bath of your dreams. Answer, that's the answer. Two words, farm, babe. 
It's Pam Yonke and the Wisconsin Farm Report. Rolling up on 521 this Thursday morning and time to check in on what's happening weather-wise. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype. Man, I'll tell you, it was interesting yesterday. I think about the time that you and I were chatting yesterday morning. I had a wild idea that we'd seen the worst of the snow and, and then daybreak showed up and so did all the rest of the snow. I said to you, I... Husband bought me a new snowblower because he loves me so much. And I also have a neighbor, a a young man, uh, with a service that's taking care of the driveway when I'm gone. Yesterday, I needed them both because that late spout that came in kind of around drive time yesterday morning really left us with some remnants, hey? Yeah, it really lay in the snow in a lot of areas. You know, that was two to three inches came down about that time. But, hey, most of us had those driveways cleared out. We can see them now. And the temperatures yesterday weren't all that bad in the afternoon when it got to clean up. Well, it's going to stay a little cooler today. And I have to talk about a little bit of light snow, too. There's a clipper-type front trying to drop in out of the northwest today. And there is some very light snow in far northwest Wisconsin, east-central, northeast Minnesota. That will move in today flurries, a brief snow shower or two, less than an inch if it even accumulates that much, but there will be a little less snow today or ending by the evening, if you will, even in the east. And then the colder air is the one that's going to settle on in. Temperatures getting a lot colder tonight, staying that way through Friday, Saturday, beginning to turn around here later in the week. Now, high pressure does edge in, clears off the skies. That's great. Sunshine's wonderful, but it does come with a lot of cold air here at the end of the week. But wrapping up the weekend, we'll see another bit of a snow chance late Sunday or Monday. Some indications accumulating momentum then. I'll have forecast details right after this. My name is Matt Wagenson. We've been on this farm since 1979. My dad always said spring is a is a sprint to get everything in and fall is just a nice slow marathon. You know, you got what you got. There's no worries. You just get it off. But doing that together with family and friends, the people that help you, there's just, there's nothing better. It's, you, you get goosebumps. It's a very undescribable feeling. To watch Matthew's story, visit badgerbean.com. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming and this way of life can be. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. And as a cooperative, our member owners understand this firsthand through benefits like our patronage program, which gives profits back to member owners. Learn more at Compeer.com. Trademarks of Compeer Financial and Equal Credit Opportunity Lender. All righty, 523. Go ahead, Stu. Let's have uh, some of these details. I mean, sub-zero doesn't begin to uh, describe what we're going to have the rest of the week. Oh, it's going to get cold, Pam. First, there's a little light snow. Like I've said, cloudy skies, snow showers, a few flurries developed this morning, Boston and La Crosse before midday and just into the afternoon elsewhere, all ending by late today. Now, for most of us, it'll be upper teens, almost 20. Although La Crosse and Boston, those temps will drop off quicker this afternoon, starts cooling in the mid-afternoon. The northwest winds develop today, 10 to 20, gusting around 30 miles per hour. Clearing out overnight, dropping down to around 10 below in the south, 
Could be almost 15 below further north with the northwest wind still strong, 10 to 20, gusting to 30. There's a wind chill advisory, 6 p.m. tonight till noon tomorrow. Partly sunny on Friday, zero to just a couple above zero with the west winds at 5 to 10. A little more sunshine, a few clouds Saturday. Upper single digits, almost 10 degrees in the south, Pam. Southwest winds at 5 to 10. And late Sunday into Monday, a little new snow returning. Oh, wow. Obviously, the warmth ain't going to return for a while. Thank you, Stu. Starting off this morning in La Crosse, where you're cloudy and 16 degrees. Clouds in Mauston and 12 degrees. Clouds in Madison and 9. Fond du Lac, cloudy and 5 above. Oshkosh, cloudy and 9 above. I'm not even going to tell you what the wind chill is. I, I don't think anybody needs that at this time of the day. Just suffice it to say, it's cold. Is the weather impacting our markets? Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist with Farm Futures Magazine, live before 6. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. The skills you can develop as a soldier in the Army National Guard can give you an edge in the high-tech job market of tomorrow. The Guard offers career training to take advantage of your skills in science, technology, engineering, and math that can help give you a leg up to a high-paying and rewarding STEM profession. Gain practical experience with emerging technology and equipment not found in the civilian world. The Army National Guard can get you started in an array of STEM-related career fields such as information technology, communication systems, special forces engineers, technical engineering, air traffic control, and chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear science. Get a head start on your career in an exciting new field while earning money to pay for college, all while serving in your own community. Log on to NationalGuard.com or talk to a recruiter in your area to learn about all of the STEM career opportunities available to you in the Army National Guard. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. The Wisconsin Cattlemen's Association invites you to join us for our annual Winter Conference held at Chula Vista Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Held February 8th and 9th, spend the day learning and networking during our Cattlemen's Educational Series. Make sure to stay for our Beef and Brews Reception, Recognition Program hosted by Pam Yonke, and Evening Entertainment from Milk House Radio. The Wisconsin Cattlemen's Association gives a voice to our state's beef producers on a local and national level. Visit WisconsinCattlemen.com to become a member and register for the conference. If you'd rather be fishing, well, now's your chance. The Zone is inviting you to go walleye fishing with Ballard's Resort on Minnesota's Lake of the Woods. Our adventure begins Friday, June 28th to Tuesday, July 2nd. Check it out. Everything is included. Three days of guided walleye fishing. Round trip motor coach transportation from Madison. Four nights lodging. Meals. Your rods, reels, bait, and tackle. Fishing processing. And even your taxes. This adventure is only $825 per person if you sign up before March 15th. Space is limited. So call one 800 776 2675 or go to ballardsresort.com to hold your spot. Wow. This trip will sell out, so don't miss the boat. Oh, God. Hey, oh, my God. Get ready to experience big time fishing with your friends in northern Minnesota with Ballards Resort and the Zone. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. 
A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. When their employees live where you live, that's Wisconsin Strong. When they support the local community by giving back, that's Wisconsin Strong. When your insurance premiums stay here, that's keeping Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual has been voted one of the top 50 insurance companies in the nation for auto, home, business, and farm insurance for the 10th year in a row. Their local agents and local employees make us Wisconsin Strong. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. If you've been injured in a bad crash, you might think the facts are so clear that you don't need an attorney. Big mistake. Insurance companies have many arguments to reduce settlements, no matter how clear the claim may seem. I'm John Rihala. At Clifford & Rihala, we have the experience you need to take on those arguments and win. Recent example. A young woman was driving when an oncoming car crossed the center line and crashed into her head-on. She was severely injured and paralyzed and needed experienced lawyers. Though her case seemed clear, the insurance companies still came up with lots of reasons why they didn't want to pay. We fought for her and made sure she and her family received the full compensation they deserved. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hard-working, skilled attorneys, fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Incredible technology awaits when you come home to TDS Fiber. Get special bundle pricing on super fast 300 meg internet and TDS TV with 135 plus channels, only $94.95 a month. Visit tdsfiber.com to learn about amazing bonus offers too, like free installation and free HD for life. Powerful internet, premium services. Go to tdsfiber.com to learn about bonus offers, bundles, and more. Prices subject to change and services not available in all areas. Internet speeds are up to. See website for details. Badger Insider, uh, RJ. So you get the win, uh, RJ, on uh, Saturday. Wisconsin now 12-6. and six. You look at this schedule, the next few games, uh, obviously uh, the next one up is Wednesday. You are uh, playing Illinois, and uh, even though it's a road game, I mean, Illinois is, is dreadful. Yes. You, you like your chances there. Sure do. Saturday you're back home, uh, Northwestern, a team that, you know, snapped that – long tournaments, you know, streak last year and got in, but they're right back to being dreadful. So you like your chances at home on Saturday. Then it gets interesting. You know, Nebraska has kind of been in and out of the top 25. That's on the road. You get Maryland at home, but they're really good. You know, you you like your chances against Minnesota, except it's a road game and they beat you at, at your place. And then you go back to Michigan and then Michigan State. I said last week before the Michigan game, you know, look at that stretch of games. Assuming you can win at Illinois and home against Northwestern, Nebraska, Maryland, Minnesota, Michigan, Michigan State. That that kind of decides it all. I mean, a if you're going to be a tournament team, and b if you are, are you going to be one of the last four in, or are you going to be a legitimate, you know, four, five, six seed where you can actually do some damage in the tournament? Do you think those kind of that stretch of games kind of is going to decide this thing? Uh, yeah, these next five, you can make up those four out of five you lost. I think um, you. I, like you said, on the road at Illinois, they're pretty much a garbage team this year. <laughs> pretty uh, much. And Nor- Northwestern, it's a home game. Um, I like the the Badgers' chances that good there. Either. No, they, they kind of dip down, like Joe said, but still uh, a, a capable team. It's just Capable, they, that's a good word. When they go up, it seems when they go up against competition equal or better, 
they tend to fold. Uh, they play closer games against uh, the lesser teams. Um, Nebraska, especially at Nebraska, uh, the Badgers seem to have struggled there mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in their new place since it opened up. Um, but you s- still got to like the Badgers' chances. Uh, I mean, as as long as they don't have a first or second half that turns into 14 points. Well, yes, yeah, those long droughts. Right, and then, as Joe said, Maryland's a really good team, but you still were in there when you had a horrible first half. No, we came Same, back and we had the right. lead. Same with uh, the Minnesota game. You had a horrible first half that you just couldn't recover from. Those are two very winnable games for the Badgers. Uh, Maryland coming at home and even going to Minnesota, that should still be a winnable game for the Badgers. So out of these next five, uh, yeah, I like the Badgers' chances in all of them. Same. But they should be able to now make up for those four losses in five games with four wins in five games or five wins in five games. Well, I think this win over Michigan, is, um, that's a big boost, obviously. I'm mean, mm-hmm. seeing the obvious there. But the, for the confidence in the next games coming up, I think that you'll just see a different-looking Badgers without those, you know, that's a half of just ineptitude, 14 right. or 15 <laughs> points. And, and you'd like to get those wins leading into a game at Michigan, a, oh, and that, totally. followed by a home game versus Michigan State. Because then you go right back into it and mm-hmm. go up against teams that you should be able to beat. When uh, when you go get a home game versus Illinois on the road at Northwestern, who, I, t- I mean, I've, I was going to say you go into a high school gym there now, but now uh, with the they revamped everything and that actually looks like an arena now. So it'll be interesting to see what what kind of environment that turns into. Um, you're on the road at Indiana, um, who is an up-and-down team this year. I, it's like game in, game out. You don't know what kind of team you're going to get there. Well, they got that, that one guard who is a beast. Right, though. but still, uh, the rest of the he team— could be top-five NBA guy. But still, the rest of the team, you don't know what you're going to get when it's just that guy. Well, they're very Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, oh, right. They, they could lose they live and to die the, by that. They, they could beat Michigan, and they could lose to you know the worst team in the Big Ten. Right. That's what Indiana's been. But then Penn State at home, Iowa at home. Then you end with— at Ohio State. So really, you're coming through here. Games you're probably not going to be favored in. Michigan, Michigan State, uh, and probably that game at Ohio State. Uh, visiting with our Badger insider, R.J. Brockman. Well, to that point, just you shrink it. You know, you get the win, so you go to 12-6. and six. Again, you, you really like your chances the next two. So assuming you, you, you win at Illinois Wednesday and against Northwestern State at home, now you're 14-6. and six. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're clearly probably back in the top 25 at that point. You're you're solidified as a tournament team at that point. Now, again, there's no guarantee that you enter, you will then enter a stretch of five games, Nebraska, Maryland, Minnesota, Michigan, Michigan State. This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. Ooh, it's going to be bitterly cold today. If you've got any animals, any livestock, any pets that are going to be outside, you really need to pay attention to their bedding, uh, making sure that they've got a windbreak, something, because the winds are really going to kick up today. Our daytime highs no better than 16 degrees, but when you factor in the wind chill, we'll drop to 5 to 5 below. Tonight's when it's really going to get cold. Minus 13, and with wind chills, we'll be down to minus 35. This cold snap sticks, sticks around for quite a little while. So like I said, make sure you're taking extra care of any of those animals that are going to be exposed to the elements. I'm PM Yankee. Now... From the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. This one's kind of interesting. You go back to 1960. On this date, 
there were representatives of civic and service organizations, schools and churches that got together in Monroe discussing the crisis of morals. They were in Greene County. What were they talking about? The number of unwed mothers that had gone up to 40 in 1959. Crisis of morals. Big conversation piece on this date back in 1960. What other things happened on this date? Well, uh, today was the day that the Apple Macintosh computer went on sale back in 1984. And the California Gold Rush began on this date back in 1848. Don't forget, coming up before 6 o'clock, talking with our friend Bryce Knorr, commodity specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. Can we have some milestone we make in the marketplace on this date in 2019? We'll see. Well, yesterday, a brand new survey was released by a group of our Wisconsin dairy entities that points out consumers are confused when it comes to labels in the grocery store. This time around, the survey focused in specifically on plant-based mimic cheeses. These mimic cheeses show up in the marketplace using phrases like cheddar and mozzarella. But according to the results, consumers think they're getting something they're really not, namely nutrition. Rebecca Sweeney with the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association explains. Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association is very proud to be standing shoulder to shoulder with our colleagues from Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative and Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin to share some very important findings from a research study on the impact and perception of dairy labels on plant-based products, things that uh, some folks are calling cheese. We believe that consumers deserve complete clarity as they choose what they're going to eat and how they're going to feed their families. And right now there's a lot of confusion. Our research proves that misleading labels leads people to believe that the nutritional content of plant-based products is equivalent or in some cases maybe even superior to that of dairy. And we know that's not true. And it's potentially detrimental to public health. Uh, People are looking for certain things when they buy these products. And, uh, for instance, we found one-third of consumers don't know or think that the plant-based products contain protein, even though they contain very little or none at all. And about a quarter of consumers surveyed believe that plant-based products labeled as cheese contain milk or contain calcium. And that also is not the case. So with all these survey results, um, what is the next step Uh, Americans deserve to know exactly what they're buying and what they're eating, and right now many may not. And that's why WCMA has filed comments with the Food and Drug Administration encouraging uh, the agency to enforce labeling standards that help consumers make well-informed choices at the grocery store. We're also encouraging our members to do the same, and I know that's also true of, of our partners over at EDGE. There can be no cheese without milk. And we're all stronger when we're all stronger. So I'm really pleased that our organizations are all in regular, really constant communication about what they're seeing, uh, what they're hearing, what we need to do to make dairy in Wisconsin and really across the country stronger. I wish I had a crystal ball, but I do feel encouraged by comments um, that FDA leaders have already made um, about the perceptions of consumers um, on these labels. We're hopeful, and I'll tell you that it's just a full-court press right now to get more comments into the FDA um, so that they understand how widespread this issue and concern really is. Rebecca Sweeney with the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association. Now, I've got all the survey details on my website now, fabulousfarmbabe.net. 
like she said, about half of the customers that responded said that plant-based foods that look like cheddar and mozzarella, they believe were actually cheese. A quarter of customers said they didn't know what ingredients are in the plant-based imitations. Uh, The same percentage actually thought the products contained milk. A third of the customers thought that plant-based foods that mimic cheese had protein. And 21% of them said they thought it had a higher quality than even dairy. And none of that is true. Like I said, the survey findings up on my website now, fabulousfarmbabe.net. This is day number two of the Dairy Strong Conference going on at the Monona Terrace Convention Center. Coming up on 541, markets are trying to hang on in overnight electronic trade. No big gains, but then again, no big losses, at least not right now. We'll recap numbers next. And don't forget Bryce Knorr joining us before 6. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. When their employees live where you live, that's Wisconsin Strong. When they support the local community by giving back, that's Wisconsin Strong. When your insurance premiums stay here, that's keeping Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual has been voted one of the top 50 insurance companies in the nation for auto, home, business, and farm insurance for the 10th year in a row. Their local agents and local employees make us Wisconsin Strong. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. And now it's time for another Focus on Energy flashback. No matter what you're doing on the farm, a remodel, an upgrade, uh, anything like that, and maybe possible new construction, you should always call the Focus on Energy advisors in advance because you guys have the trained eye on where to look for those kind of energy savings and especially those bonuses, double bonuses. Yes, not only do we have the two dairy energy specialists, but we also have 12 energy advisors located throughout the state to help those customers get in on those first uh, planning meetings to make sure that we get as many incentives for the farmers as we can because Lord knows that they need it right now. Boy, for sure. FocusOnEnergy.com is the website. I always encourage you, uh, whether you're working with an electrician, a builder, anybody in the trades, make sure you ask them early on, hey, are you a part of the Focus on Energy program? Do you know our Focus on Energy advisor? Many, many will. Partnering with Wisconsin Utilities. Focus on Energy. Learn more at FocusOnEnergy.com. As the government shutdown continues, there may be one glimmer of good news coming out of D.C. It appears there's legislation that's been introduced by a California Democrat that may actually start the conversation about agriculture's labor issues. Fellow farm broadcaster Michael Clements brings us an update. Representative Zoe Lofgren, a California Democrat and new chair of the House Immigration Subcommittee, recently introduced a bill addressing the legal status of agricultural workers. Paul Schlegel, American Farm Bureau Federation Public Policy Managing Director, says the bill provides a path to legalization for agricultural workers as well as their spouses and minor children. It's one of the elements that everybody in agriculture recognizes we have to deal with if we're going to help get a solution for our labor issue. So it deals with the current workforce in agriculture and it changes their status from undocumented to legal. 
Farm Bureau supports the introduction of the bill, but Schlegel says it does not address the need for a guest worker program. The particular piece of legislation deals with one aspect of it, and it's an important aspect, but the other critical component is coming up with a guest worker program that works for all of agriculture and all commodities, all regions, all times of the year. There's nothing in the bill about that, but they know that, and they're willing to start working with people to see what they can put together on a guest worker program. He says farmers and ranchers should contact their members of Congress to let them know we need a solution to agriculture's labor issues. They ought to follow the issue. They ought to get acquainted with the bill, let them know how it affects them, and get hold of their policymakers to say, look, the bill may not be perfect, but the issue needs to be addressed in the broad terms, and we hope this is the start to a dialogue that'll get something produced that we all care about. Michael Clements, Washington. Thanks, Mike. So again, keep in mind, a California Democrat named Zoe Lofgren introduced that legislation. She's also the new chair of the House Immigration Subcommittee. Hey, congratulations to Karen Geffert. Karen's been named the new Executive Director of Governmental Relations for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. Karen joined the Farm Bureau staff back in 2011. Before that, she had taught high school agriculture in Janesville for two years. She and her husband, Brad, live by Fort Atkinson. They've got five kids. Karen Geffert, the new Executive Director of Governmental Relations, taking over for Paul Zimmerman. Markets in overnight electronic trade just trying to hang on right now. December new crop corns up a half at 402 and three quarters. November beans up a penny and a half at 957 and three quarters. July new crop wheat up a penny at 538 and a half. Dairy suffered again yesterday. Barrel cheese down a penny and three quarters at 116. 40 pound black cheese dropped a penny and a half to 137 and a half, while 40 pound, or shall I say, well, double A butter dropped a penny and a quarter to 222 a pound. Now, the fluid milk, let me look at that. Ugh, that's not looking good either. February milk's down seven at 1390. March milk up a nickel, 1427. You still have to get all the way out to August now before we see any fluid milk contracts in Chicago that hit that $16 money at all. Coming up next, what's happening in the marketplace? Bryce Nord joins us to break it down next. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. The Wisconsin Cattlemen's Association invites you to join us for our annual winter conference held at Chula Vista Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Held February 8th and 9th, spend the day learning and networking during our Cattlemen's Educational Series. Make sure to stay for our Beef and Brews Reception, Recognition Program hosted by Pam Yonke, and Evening Entertainment from Milk House Radio. The Wisconsin Cattlemen's Association gives a voice to our state's beef producers on a local and national level. Visit WisconsinCattlemen.com to become a member and register for the conference. Art doesn't see disabilities. That's because art is truly for everyone, all artists, ages, cultures, and abilities. But for individuals with disabilities, making art transforms not just them as creators, it transforms everyone around them. VSA Wisconsin has been changing lives through art for over 30 years. We provide accessibility and participation in all arts learning that enhance so many aspects of life. For thousands of Wisconsinites with disabilities, from three years old to seniors, we offer participation in music, visual art, creative writing, movement, and drama. What can VSA Wisconsin do for you? Inspire. You'll see at our programs, shows, events, and sales throughout the state. Attend classes and workshops taught by professional artists at the VSA Art Center in Madison. Or visit our gallery and shop and take some inspiration home. Visit us online at vsawis.org to volunteer, donate, to get informed, get involved, and get inspired by art all over again. 
Shop with your heart, mm-hmm. great place to start. Mm-hmm. On your budget and community, reduce, reuse, mm-hmm. recycle too. Mm-hmm. We can do it all at Saint Vinny's. Oh, let's go shop Saint Vinny's, yeah. Let's go shop Saint Vinny's, yeah. Let's go shop Saint Vinny's, yeah. Let's go shop Saint She's like your older sister, but louder. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 548 on a very chilly start to a Thursday morning, and it's not going to get any better. Those wind chills, downright dangerous for both man and beast. So pause before you head out this morning. Make sure you're taking care of all the livestock, the critters that are outdoors. He's indoors with us today, Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, FarmFutures.com, joining us live via Skype on a cool start to a Thursday morning. It's not just the weather that's cool, it's the markets that are pretty cool this morning too, Bryce. Uh, Not a lot of news out there, but sounds to me like there's going to be some news later this morning. What do you got up your sleeve? Well, at 7 a.m. Central Time, we'll be releasing results of our latest survey of uh, farmer planting intentions for 2019. Uh, Some of uh, the other analysts have also uh, released estimates. Our colleagues at uh, IEG Vantage, which is owned by the same company we are, uh, found uh, more uh, uh, farmers wanting to increase corn and uh, more soybeans than many people expected in our survey basically following those same trends. Uh, The market not uh, reacting to those uh, too much. We're really drifting here. Uh, trading in narrowing ranges, I think kind of waiting uh, for the USDA logjam to clear to get some uh, final data on 2018 uh, so we can uh, see where these markets are headed. But right now the markets uh, definitely look like they're kind of frozen, the screen not flickering at all today. Yeah, that's that's the problem with this lack of information. Uh, but like you said, lots of suggestions coming out this morning. Let's talk a little bit about, I guess we'd say, trends. Uh, let's talk about acreage down south, uh, Bryce. What's going on in Brazil, Argentina? We've been getting some estimates out on how their harvest is coming along. Right. It looks like the soybean crop in Brazil is maybe 120 million bushels uh, less than uh, previous estimates. Uh, they've had a very uh, warm and uh, dry uh, end to their uh, growing season for soybeans. And it looks like the, that trend uh, continues this week, although they could pick up a little bit of uh, moisture here over the next week before it turns drier again. Uh, There's also concern about what's going to be happening with their corn crop that's planted behind corn. Uh, That that, uh, crop, of course, won't be harvested for months, but uh, I think uh, the market taking a look at that. Uh, So that's also that's uh, providing some uh, support, uh, even though uh, we aren't getting any uh, uh, any indication of really how uh, large or small our crops here were in the U.S. Have we seen anything? Uh, export inspections about the only information we've been getting on a weekly basis. Have you been tracing those ships, Bryce? Are they going to uh, China? Uh, who's who's getting some international action then? Yeah, so far it looks like uh, China's actually going to be taking delivery of those soybeans, uh, over 15 million bushels inspected in the latest week. So that's good news. Again, we don't know exactly how many uh, bushels they may be purchasing, uh, 
and uh, th that's that's why it uh, why the I, th I think the market uh, uh, doesn't really know uh, exactly uh, what those exports may turn out to, to be. And now uh, the uh, Chinese officials will uh, be in the uh, U.S. Uh, next week uh, to talk trade. Uh, they tried to get those talks started uh, this week, and the uh, USDA uh, pulled or U.S. pulled back. Uh, so that's uh, what rattled the market earlier this week. So they're going to be talking trade and uh, with uh, more signs of slowing uh, economic growth and uh, economic pressure uh, over in China. Of course, uh, the U.S. economy also slowing in part uh, due to the government uh, shutdown, basically laying off 800,000 people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm just trying to figure out what we turn to as far as information or what what's what are you going to keep an eye on Bryce obviously you know what your your numbers are going to look like at seven this morning but what else are you paying attention to I mean I'm thinking about the weather energy stocks could be interesting what else are you watching yeah we get uh, we get some uh, data out today uh, from the energy department which is still open so that'll show us uh, the trend in the ethanol production uh, the margins pulled back last week on higher corn costs also lower values of DDGs uh, so aren't expecting uh, much help uh, from the ethanol industry yet uh, crude oil stocks likely build diesel supplies also up but we're seeing uh, crude oil stay fairly firm now of course new concern about Venezuela if we put sanctions on them could take that oil off the market. And they're our uh, fourth uh, largest uh, supplier in terms of imports, at least, of crude oil. So the market watching energy, propane prices uh, actually kind of drifting lower despite the big chill. Uh, we'll be watching temperatures tomorrow uh, morning. It looks like we could get below zero uh, weather in parts of uh, southern Illinois uh, that don't have snow. That could hurt the soft red winter wheat crop a little bit, uh, but the hard red winter wheat crop looks like it'll be safe from this latest blast of uh, really chilly temperatures. Well, we'll see what happens between now and Tuesday then when you and I will speak again. Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com, joining us live via Skype. You'll want to check in at farmfutures.com right away, 7 o'clock this morning. Like Bryce said, they are going to be release, releasing their uh, survey acreage uh, estimates for 2019. And uh, believe you me, with the vacuum the market has been experiencing as far as news is concerned, you know they'll be paying attention to that information. So now you heard it here first. Check it out online, farmfutures.com. And as always, follow them on social media with the Farm Futures hashtag and Bryce Knorr as well. All right. Tomorrow we are going to catch up with our friends from Focus on Energy. Boy, I'll tell you, the energy bill, one of the biggest things that farmers have to pay every month. What can you do to save some of that energy? Uh, we'll chat about some of the options for you tomorrow. Stay warm out there. Take care of those animals. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.